0: My life fades; the vision dims. All that remains are memories. I remember a time of chaos, ruined dreams, this wasted land. But most of all, I remember the soul of Detroit, the man we call M.L. to understand who he was when go back to another time, when the world was powered by and the deserts sprouted great cities of pipe and steel. Gone now, swept away. For reasons long forgotten, two mighty warrior tribes went to war, and touched off a blaze which engulfed them all. Without fuel they were nothing. they built a house of straw. The thundering machine sputtered and stopped.
1: You asked interrogator Detroit. It's gone. What are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? Come on. That Thank is you. not paid for by them. That is you paid for by the people of Detroit. You might be qualified, Emil. You know, I'm not qualified for this job. Let me tell you something. You want to go right now? Okay. You want to go right now? Albert? Hey, kids, it's your old pal, M.L. Ellert, and I would like to welcome you, if you're watching us live, on the Drew and Mike Facebook page. There's one reason, and one reason only, why we are appearing to you on the Drew and Mike Facebook page. Why is that? If you're watching live broadcast, because Mark Zuckerberg sucks. Hmm. He is evil. um, He is indiscriminate. He is a tyrant. And... (laughs) for the past year or so he has been screwing with us where he will not let us post our web address but now he has blocked me from doing many simple things on facebook for reasons that are not clear i'm banned from posting on things until january 23rd i think it's because i'm caught up in the uh, in the uh, the net that he set up to try I, and keep uh, america from being destroyed before the <laughs> inaugural
2: we we need to dig into this a little deeper a little bit, in a little bit, because I think there's, I think I might have an idea as to why.
1: Okay. Well, anyways, Mark Zuckerberg, <laughs> you are our geek of forever. And by the way, can you get a shirt with a collar and maybe get a real haircut because you're richer than, than Midas?
3: So now we're judging hair?
0: Yeah.
1: Well, not you. <laughs>
3: That's not your place. No, it's not.
1: Yeah, you would <laughs> want to speak from a position of oh. strength. I mean,
3: go after what he's doing. But uh yeah, by all means, start talking about his hair. and His T-shirt? His shirt. His
1: now, colors. if that T-shirt had a big white fist on it and uh, and said uh, Soul of Detroit around it, that mm-hmm. would be great. Or if it had a black fist on it like it does on some of our cool um, hats and uh, – and, uh, or no, is it an orange fist? What do we have on our long-sleeve T-shirt? Anyways, you can I'm buy all that it right now. All I know is there's Mike yeah. ML on you it. You can buy all that stuff later. Maybe it's on our stickers. Anyways, uh, uh, but we want to talk a little bit today about my final – uh, story for the Free Press that was published on Sunday, a profile of Adam Fox, the alleged ringleader of the purported plot to kidnap Governor Whitmer, and how that story came to be. It's a great story. Uh, I drove out there to talk to Mr. Fox's uncle. Thank you very much for the kind feedback. Oh, um, well, it is. It's a good story. In my uh, my fine Ford C Max, which is lovingly serviced uh, by Roy O'Brien Ford. Lovingly? Lovingly, they do. Hmm. I've been to dealerships before. They're like, you know, next. <laughs> but not Roy O'Brien. And they put the paper down there.
3: Uh, Royal O'Brien, the they, they caress.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I left my car alone with Roy O'Brien. I'm not a voyeur. Okay. Which is a French word for voying. Okay. But um, <laughs> but they seem to, it seemed to be quite content when it was returned to my custody. Oh, and, nice. and this is sort of a family tradition. My mom bought a Ford Focus wagon there that is still going strong after more than 100 and 10,000 miles. Uh, she's still a satisfied customer. She's not always happy with me, but she does like uh, she does like that product from Roy, Roy O'Brien Ford. And she is far from alone because Roy O'Brien has been taking care of customers for 75 years from the corner of Nine Mile and Mac in St. Clair Shores. If you don't really want to go uh, take that right track there, just go online. Go to RoyOBrien.com and check out Fast Track which lets you choose your vehicle and options. But that is not all. You can pick your deal. You can lease. You can finance. Pay cash. That's the way I like to go. I don't have any cash right now. Get the value of your (laughs) trade in because I'm unemployed. Apply for financing and schedule delivery of your new ride. If you go in person, Roy O'Brien Ford is doing everything – Responsible to make sure their staff is safe, their customers are safe, the mailman is safe. People who wander in there saying, you know, I'd like a soft serve ice cream cone, those people, I don't know what they're thinking. They're misguided. They obviously need help. We're going to put our arms around them, but they are also safe because they're practicing social distancing, they are wearing masks and PPE. And so you can go do some business and walk out of there knowing that it won't be the last deal you ever do. I can tell you that it's a great place to go with great deals and people who will service your car. Jesse pops up when you go online. He's he's ready to help you. And you'll find him at RoyObrien.com. That's R-O-Y-O-B-R-I-E-N.com. Or you can call 888-566-5851. And when you do, please be sure to tell them that ML's mom's son sent you. Beautiful.
4: Yep. It was actually my car, but I bought it for her.
2: Um, you had car trouble this morning, right? And we were talking before the show and i said well what's the problem with the car and how many miles does it have on it
1: it has one hundred and twenty-six thousand miles this vehicle was not purchased from ryan o'brien ford by the way it was purchased from a used car dealer in toledo Well, this, this
2: uh, is the fascinating thing to me about you is why don't you just get a new one uh,
1: because they don't give them away because these these are good vehicles we we drive them until we can't okay. you know there becomes a point where you're you keep fixing them and then you realize it's it's you know there's a cost benefit analysis exactly. keeping them on the road. Well, but an old car you don't need to fully insure it. You don't need to um, you don't need to uh, keep collision. You don't need to keep uh, theft. You just keep liability on it. You if don't it's get a the bells car, and
2: whistles and uh, the safety measures of a new car either, though.
1: It's got anti lock brakes. It's got airbags. It even has heated seats. You know, my kids drive this car. They should. Uh, they should have a little hardship. They don't. I don't want them to be <laughs> cake eaters. Why don't you make them
2: fix it if they need some hardship.
1: Well, I mean, I don't want them to get a, a mechanical degree. Have,
2: have they ever taken the car in to get fixed? Have they ever dealt with that?
1: Oh yeah, yeah, they okay. take it all the time. Yeah. Oh, well, that's
2: a good lesson. Yeah. Can so, they change the oil? Do they pay for it?
1: They, they do pay for it. Okay, really? Yeah, they do pay for it. That's well, good. Father
2: they, of the year. They yeah. work
1: and they make money and they. They pull their own weight. They um, they have not changed the oil. They might be able to change the oil in this car because it's a 2007. But any car after 2007, you have to have the right set of tools. That's true, yeah. And you have to have, you know, like skinny little.
3: Uh, you think that was a conspiracy, by the way?
1: Uh, what's his name?
3: Uh, is this is Sean. Are you
1: working Inspector on Spectre Gadget L- Arms?
3: Is this is a Sean Windsor conspiracy. They do it so you have to take it in. No, did they? Yeah, did they change the design? And they did they collude with the folks that changed the world, the dealerships, the auto mechanic, the garages. <laughs> a, what a grand conspiracy! I had, be, I've uh, never thought about it until right just just this second. Because you know, I, I think it's well, I, it's
1: about creating crumple zones and, and reducing weight and space. And so much in a car now is electronic. Yeah. It's not mechanical anymore. It's it's ones and zeros as opposed to rods and pulleys. So uh, so the stuff that goes wrong, you can plug your phone now into your car and find out what's wrong, but I'll be damned if you can fix it.
3: Well, I mean, yeah, a lot of stuff was always, you know, you had to be really mechanically inclined to fix a lot. But I used to change my oil, despite what maybe some of our listeners might think about, you know, a lot of people, people that see the world like me. I they, used they think to you're using the same oil. oil. <laughs> That's what they think. Yeah, and filter and tires. And-
1: I used to date a woman who thought, That you needed to put a quart of oil in your car every month. Really? Which must have been great for all those seals when it's pumping all that oil through there. Just just, keep adding it. Wait, did she just keep adding it and adding it? Yes, every month she put a quart of oil in there.
3: But do you remember when you used to go into a gas station and you'd see right next to the windshield wiper fluid a a display with all sorts of oil? Yep. And you had to actually learn the the viscosity of oil. Is
2: this in the 40s? 30s how old more is like
3: even price in the 90s right? really i don't
2: remember that yeah, that's, at a, all. that's when
1: they would smoke get, uh have a cigarette as they're filling your tank <laughs> with, with ethyl. <laughs> no i can change an alternator i can change a, a starter i can pads. change a distributor i can change a blower motor uh i could do probably drums i don't know if i could do pad- i haven't done pads before um I can. Uh, what else have I done? there have been a few things. I've changed a fuel pump before, um, that sucked. And uh, what else? I've done a few other things like that.
3: What did you learn to do? This?
1: Um, by busting a knuckle.
3: You didn't. You didn't take shop class in high well, school. I had a
1: handy friend, and so nobody, some of the stuff nobody, is just a couple of. Nobody bolts. in the family. No, but you got to be able to move. You got to be able to move your arms. And the guy who taught me this, his name's Tim Perfect, and he's a guy who's incredibly talented engineer. But every time he fixes something, nobody else can fix it because he has a special way of doing it. So we call it Timtronics. So he, uh, he just, he just is able to make things work. And then you say, "How'd you do that?" And he's just like, "I don't know. It's like it's a gift."
2: Now I want to go back to the Facebook uh, issue because you can't.
1: I'd like to take a spanner to old Marky Z. But you have no idea. Cause so what happened this morning
2: is Zoov's who helps us out with this, the different Z. He's a good Z. And he, he's like, hey, I, I can't put it on ML's pages. Both of them are frozen. Are both of them frozen or just your business page?
1: Uh, well, I don't know if they're frozen because what happened was, you know, as you know, folks, this is why we encourage you to subscribe is because we can't put our web address on Facebook because it, it, won't, it won't allow us to. And so when you put it on there, it says you violated community standards. Facebook sucks because I don't mind them. Cracking down us, but they should give us a chance to appeal or talk to somebody and make our case, and they yeah. don't. So, we've been working under this restriction for nine to 12 months. And last night, I, so you know how you get things that pop up in your feed because of, sure. you know, the algorithms. So, something popped up that there's some company called like Fan Pants that makes logo shorts and trousers with college logos on it. And it popped up somewhere on my feed, and a bunch of people, uh, were posting that they were upset that fan pants <laughs> did not have Michigan State pants. Now, if you saw the pants, you know, you wouldn't be all that heartbroken. But so anyways, I went on there and I posted, I would buy the U of M pants to wear when I'm feeling especially flatulent. Go blue, B-L-E-W. And I immediately. Hilarious. It was pretty good stuff, actually. Yeah, that's
3: funny. Uh-huh. Yes, maybe they yeah. didn't like the competition. Well, that's really funny. Yeah.
1: Or maybe it's just there's a nerd cabal out there. That's trying to shut down all the groovy cats. Anyways, I got this post that said, Your crown is restricted right now. You're temporarily restricted from doing things like posting or commenting on groups, pages, or events until <laughs> January twenty third at six twenty seven AM. I don't so, know what is that the rapture? Is this is this a heads up <laughs> that it's all over?
2: So you got reported because of really bad comments you made.
1: About the University of Michigan. Well,
2: have you made any other bad comments? Because Zeus L- found Zeus found you. one that he thinks might have might have been the one that got you booted. What is it, Zeus?
1: Oh, the one that said I was going to rip off Mark Zuckerberg's head and uh, shit down the hole. I think it was
2: something about filling in the blank. You told some guy commented on one of your stories.
1: Oh dear, no, that was several days ago.
2: Do you want to explain that one?
1: Uh, somebody posted something about how they thought the media should die. And I said, Hey, why don't we play, um, why don't we play wheel of fortune? I'm going to give you all the vowels. And then it was blank, U C K blank. <laughs> o U, which actually isn't true because sometimes Y is a vowel, but I wanted to make it, I wanted to make it challenging for this, this, uh, mouth breather. <laughs> and that's this week in soft history. Do, do you think that got you kicked off? Do you think that's
2: that one, or do you think it's the other one?
1: No, i I think we I think we posted something many many months ago talking about when Kilpatrick was trying to get pardoned. By the way, please don't send me more texts. I don't know if Kilpatrick's getting pardoned. He does not <laughs> confide in me, nor does Donald Trump. Okay, so, um, but. Uh, and by the way, all the people who are defending Kilpatrick, you know, did they read his letter to Donald Trump? Remember how we read that in a previous show? Sure. Where where Kilpatrick was just kissing Trump's ass and trying to draw parallels between himself and Trump? I don't think he feels as positive
2: about that. So you don't think it's the expletive today. that got, got us booted from Facebook? And now no, we have to jump no. On the I I, one. I
1: think we had a headline on that episode that's that had a mild political Bent to it, and I think Facebook flagged it as you know dangerous political commentary. I don't Mm. know, but we've tried. That's almost a compliment to get that lifted, and we've had no success whatsoever. So that's why we're on the Drew and Mike show page. Also, uh, we've heard from a lot of people that they are desperate for quality content on the Drew and Mike show Facebook page. So we are here to fill the breach. And oh, is that Drew coming down the stairs?
2: (laughs) (laughs) No, someone someone did ask where is he? He's upstairs. This is home.
1: what, What are you doing with that axe, Drew?
2: I, I told Drew I think he should Airbnb the upper floor of his house since no one uses it.
1: I think the last time somebody was up there was Laduff, right? Going Probably through his yeah, climbing on the roof.
2: Stuff.
3: Does he ever leave his kitchen stool?
2: Uh very rarely. Is it come down here? Interesting. Yeah, he's always sitting, uh, sitting in the same spot or standing in the same spot.
3: Mm-hmm. Drew. Mm-hmm. With a bunch of different things going on: a TV, a radio. He's consuming. Eating cookies.
1: Just like Captain Kirk on the bridge. He's got a nice comfy chair. He can monitor all progress. You know, if he sees he uh, some sort of Vulcan incursion, then he can, you know, put up the shields and yeah. discharge the phase. Although I don't think you can discharge the phases with the shields up. No. Okay. It's, it's sort of okay. like. Uh, I trust you. It's sort of like uh, <laughs> peeing in your swimsuit. It's not advisable. No,
3: you don't really pee in your swimsuit. You You pee in the pool.
1: You might. I don't.
3: <laughs> so your pee actually stays in your swimsuit. When I
1: said you don't pee, I was referring so specifically you pee, to you. you pee. You have that a swimsuit a that
3: holds your pee. So you pee, and then you walk around sort of, what, sloshing with a little bubble I, around your groin? I,
1: I I pee in the proper receptacle. No, you don't. Liar.
2: Um. Sounds to me like
3: you designed or had designed pipes. a piece of clothing so that you could just pee wherever you want. So you don't need to be in the pool. You'd just be driving. And uh, in your old 103,000-mile-an-hour car with anti-lock brakes. And I'm, you know driving, I'm driving you know a new car and today. And say, hey, I would stop to go to the bathroom there, but they actually might make me buy some crackers. So <laughs> yeah. I don't want to spend that money. So I want something that I can just pee whenever I'm, you know, here I am on Gratiot, and, oh, I need to take
1: a pee. So I'm driving the new car today. It has 101,000 miles on it. But speaking- and it won't
3: get the seat wet.
1: Speaking of gas stations and crackers, you know, uh, when Fred Thompson was running for president, or no, Phil Graham was running for president back in 1992, 1996, and Fred Thompson from Law and Order. Tennessee, yeah. And uh, was a Tennessee senator, and actually way before that served on the, uh, uh, I think the House or Senate Judiciary Committee Uh, with Hillary Rodham Clinton when they were impeaching
3: Hunt for Red October, that Fred Thompson. Yes, that guy.
1: So he was campaigning, and he was uh, driving around New Hampshire and he went into uh some gas station where they stopped to to fill up the truck the truck with gas. Mm-hmm. And uh and his driver said, uh, you know, Senator well he's from New Hampshire, Senator, well, you here, you know, <laughs> get yourself a snack. So he got some crackers and then uh and then he um I think he said, uh, well, while we're here, I think I'll get myself a beer. Really? So that's what happens when you get crackers at a gas station. You have to get a beer too. Is this the episode we we're just going to record and not air if it doesn't? If it's ah, not any no. good? Hey, you're the I one think... that
3: told that story. I didn't. <laughs> Sean and I didn't say that. I didn't know we were going to end up in a gas station with Fred Thompson. Well, let, let's
1: talk said, about the. Said,
3: let's talk beer. about your you last said, article. Thank
1: you think, you're Lori Morgan. This this sounds like the no judgment zone has been completely uh, torn apart. So
3: do are we going to sell the little panties that you or whatever you want to call them, the swim diapers, panties. the pee diaper, whatever thing? whatever it is. Are we going to sell that?
1: Uh, no, I think we established that I I wear undergarments properly and and discharge any uh oh, excrement discharge. in discharge in the appropriate uh
2: place. receptacle. Let's talk about your Adam Fox article then, Your final one for the Free Press.
1: The swan song, if you will. So, so you know, I I I kind of was trying to go out strong at the Free Press had the dug in profile did a story about a woman who had been diagnosed with cancer who lost her dog and then it was found after weeks of searching and then I worked a Sunday shift and, and had a story about a, uh, a plane crash and and the whole time I had in the back of my mind they said you know we want you to do an Adam Fox profile because when the free press put out a team to, to profile and dig into the backgrounds of the alleged Whitmer kidnap plot members I caught the ringleader and and people kept saying, yo, so you're how so every every conversation I'd have, like, okay, well, I just finished this story I've been working on for six months. Like, okay, that's good, that's good. How's Adam Fox profile going? I'm like, Yeah, yeah. And like, okay, so your last day is such and such, and you gotta do this and that, yeah. And said, so, okay, yeah, yeah, i am gonna be working right up and how's the Adam Fox Why profile? Why were they so going?
2: insistent on it?
1: Because they want it, because they they he's an interesting dude. They wanted to know more about him. And I'd already dug up some stuff about him. They got me thrown off his grandpa's porch. But I, you know, it was always like the last thing on my list. It's like, okay, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to climb the Matterhorn, then I'll get to the Adam Fox profile. I'm going to um,
3: write more. I'm going to
1: cure this disease and uh, (laughs) and write the Adam Fox profile. I'm going to wait for Sean to make sense, and then I'm going to write the Adam Fox profile. (laughs) Uh, I'm going to get my expenses done, which happens to be a, a Herculean task, and then I'm going to write the Adam Fox profile. So I'm almost out of time, and I really don't have time to fart around. I really need to pull together whatever threads I've been able to accumulate on Adam Fox, whatever string. And then I decide, you know what? I'm going to go for broke. I'm going to hit one more courthouse and I'm going to drive out to Muskegon to see if his uncle will talk to me. Now,
2: the uncle's the key to the story, I mean.
1: Right. So, so he's got multiple relatives, but only a, uh, only a couple who live in Michigan still. And I know this because as a former obituary writer, I know how much information is in an obituary, so I found adam fox's grandmother's obituary and it kind of turned me on to all the members of the family uh, are and so you know i think a lot of people would just call the uncle up and say hey bro will you talk to me about your nephew and get hung up but not him.
3: mike no not mike is, is not that easier that's though true. to show up on their porch or are they more likely you know, to talk every to reporter in the world is lazy but mike is not that's his point <laughs> i think that's the point he's making
1: uh, uh, Sean, I, I, I don't know if you. I know you don't have a subscription, but I, I didn't see this profile in anybody else's newspaper, so I can only assume that that that, that is true. Yeah. So, uh, so anyway, so I decided I'm going to drive all the way out to the Muskegon in the snow.
3: Well, how long did it take you? To days, days to... weeks, months?
1: Uh, it actually took me many hours. You I stopped a, a, at a team courthouse.
3: of dogs. Is that is that what you did? A sled? So, uh, I, um,
1: oh. I got the serum to GNOME, Yeah, metaphorically speaking. Okay. I'm just, so,
3: I mean, you're right. That's a long, long way. So uh, What was that, two and a half hours?
1: That, that conversation we had about streamlining the show. Who <laughs> was on that call? Was that, was that uh,
3: Bizarro? Oh, I'm just impressed. Was that, that Bizarro's show? I am impressed that you could get all the way across the state. This big, huge, wide state. I am blown away. I'm in awe. Especially with us. The- Car with that many miles. Exactly.
2: Um, was he? Receptive? No wonder
3: you don't stop and use the restroom.
2: How that's many times cool. did you have to talk to uh, Adam Fox's uncle to get him to to speak? I, I've been triggered, Mark. I, think we I know. He. That's all. That's all Sean does to you is
3: trigger you. We just I'm sorry. We just I'm sorry. I just didn't. I just was really impressed that you actually didn't call him. and drove over there. But go ahead. Continue.
1: Yeah. Let, let's. Let, can we move on to that that game that Sean watched on TV and wrote about it? <laughs> he didn't even travel across his living room. To report
3: on that. Oh, I went from upstairs to downstairs. Well, the, to the basement.
1: You're like a bad English drama. To the basement. Um, okay. No, go ahead. Yeah, so.
3: Tell us more about your, your around the world journey. So. Um, Was he receptive?
1: <laughs> time for a
3: carrot. No. Oh, no. Oh, come on. I need to keep my strength Keep your up. train of thought. Keep your train of thought. So, you can uh, do it.
1: So I went to his house. I got there in the dark. And one thing about knocking on people's doors is you don't want to do it in the dark. Because people get nervous. And depending on which branch of the family this guy is with, he may answer the door with a gun. But he was very pleasant. He was the uncle who uh, had, uh, I guess, a different worldview from the rest of his family. Uh. And uh, he told me he would think about talking to me. And he uh, he thought about it. And I explained to him what what we do with these things. We want to get... Every perspective on this guy's life, we've we've found quite a few things about him from the public record that are not particularly flattering. We've heard quite a few things in court that are not at all flattering, and we figured there must be something about this guy that may uh, that may tell us a little bit more about what he's like as a person when he's not allegedly threatening to take governors out on lakes and uh, leave them to die, or or uh, or try them in a tribunal, or perhaps kill police and others. So um, so Uncle Mike thought about it, and we talked the next day, and he told me quite a bit about Adam Fox's upbringing. Now, I know some people, I, I will tell you, while I had a very nice going-away thing uh, on Zoom with the Free Press last week, whoever wrote the headline on that story did not give me much of a going-away present because I've been getting pilloried because it sounds like, uh, you know, Adam Fox was a, a, just a nice, confused guy. Um, as opposed to no, no. Here's here's where Adam Fox may have gone off the rails. Hey, what was wrong with the headline?
2: Family reveals inside life of Adam Fox, alleged mastermind in Whitmer kidnapping
1: plot. Well, I think they used plural when it was really just his uncle who spoke to me. So there's that, but but it it just seemed to make it look like um, nice guy tries to kidnap governor. I mean, I I, I I've I've had people uh, come after me for the headline, that, and that's interesting I where they're coming from. I but, didn't. I didn't take
2: it that way and honestly after reading the article I felt there's a lot of people that feel like Adam Fox. Did did you I and what I mean by that is this is a guy that was searching for something his whole life because everything he always had seemed to be taken away from him. Did you get that feeling about him?
1: Well, I got the feeling that he was a unhappy kid who um wanted to belong or wanted to be accepted and maybe when he found some people who finally accepted him? It was sort of like saying, uh, "Wow, I finally belong, and I belong to a bunch of assholes." Yay! Well, the but, first
2: the first militia he joined kicked him out because, or, or so he,
1: they say. But you yeah. don't think so? I mean, I don't know. I mean, that's I just know what they told us. I didn't have a chance to ask Adam for his side of it. So. So that's the problem with this stuff. And and I've found over the years, the right and the left, depending on what the story is, can react the same way. A lot of people on the left were really angry about this story because they felt that it humanized Adam Fox. He's a human. And and they don't like him because he threatened somebody on the left. But this is what we do. We walk right down the middle of the road. We try and provide a full picture of everybody we write about. And we're dependent on the cooperation of people who know them best to do that. And I think... When they saw some humanizing details about Adam Fox, it made them angry when they seemed to overlook a lot of other details in there that didn't make him seem like the greatest guy in the world. And frankly, his uncle, who seems to me to be one of the most upright dudes you could meet, also expressed concern. He said he loved his nephew. He said he was a sweet boy and he was concerned about where he had ended up and that, that for whatever he did, he will have to pay a price, which to me seems to be... Make him just about Pretty the most reasonable. enlightened dude in yeah. the state of Michigan.
2: Well, I'm kind of fascinated as to how people end up to where Adam Fox ended up, which was very angry and staying in the
1: bu- basement of
2: a uh, vacuum repair store.
3: Modern modern life.
1: Yeah, Alienation. Man, broken family. Uh, absentee dad. Yeah. Um, well, there's
2: another thing you meant, or I don't even know who mentioned it to you. It might have been the head of that uh, militia. Did you talk to him?
1: No, we, we quoted something I believe. He spoke to BuzzFeed. Yes. Oh,
2: that's right. I'm sorry. Yeah, and that was in the article. But he, he mentioned steroids, too, which I had
3: never heard that anywhere. And that's
2: that's really interesting. Cause that is
3: interesting. Can I just make a quick point? Sure, please. Think, Mike, I don't think it's right or left necessarily. When, oftentimes I would do back in my profile writing days. Sometimes I'd have to write about somebody that done something really bad, you know, a, a murderer, say, for example. Like the Lions. Yeah, right. So, and this was true when I was a a younger reporter in Alabama in my early days at the Free Press. If I wrote something that humanized anybody, then they'd done something wrong or illegal. I would always hear from the, the, the victim's family or or from those folks, and it was never political. It Understand. never broke down did, between did right and left. Did you Understand. ever travel
1: a great distance to try and get that information?
3: Or if I did, I didn't brag about it, but um, I Maybe, guess that's Maybe it's the just key. a
1: recitation of facts.
3: Maybe the, or arrogance, but that's okay. I think uh <laughs> patting yourself on the back a little bit too much. Look, man, I'm in a shirt <laughs> that has your name on it. What else do you want from me? Look, my nipple right here is covered up in your name. What else do you want from <laughs> you mean, me, Daddy. Yeah. Well, Come on!
1: I'm, I'm thinking. I'm thinking. There's someplace else on your body. I'd like to see that fist. On <laughs> uh, it or in it? Perhaps in the jaw area.
3: Well, but, your fist is small. But so anyway, it should no, be fine. get
1: back to that fascinating story about some stuff you wrote in Alabama. What no, was it? I'm
3: just trying to make the. You're trying to say it's Saban's political. Done. I don't think it's political as much as it's just human nature. If you if you've been wrong, do you love or care somebody, or you care about something that, that somebody who's gone through some pain and then you write a story about the person that caused that pain and you humanize them at all you're going to get a reaction i don't think that's political that's all i'm trying to say hmm.
1: well it's kind of the aclu model right where they defend the rights of the nazis to march and the right of black lives matter people to march you know they they just recognize that everybody has a right and whether they think the people who are marching are honorable or not they they defend the right to march and I think that's what this story does. It tries to provide some more detail on the life of a guy who you're wondering, how the hell did he get this crazy? And uh, I, I just think it's human nature for people to be angry when someone they don't like is humanized. That's
3: right. Exactly. You know, so we agree? That's what I'm saying. Yeah, we well, do. Can we just cut Completely. the last
1: five minutes of crap that we just went through? Because that was horrible. You're in Alabama, though, I guess, right? <laughs> Um, now you mentioned in the article with the national championship.
3: <laughs>
2: ex-
1: oh, you're in Gene Stallings
3: Alabama when you were down there. Alabama they stunk did win. No, that was that was before. No, he was before my time. It, let's not get. Uh, come on, I don't want to pull an. Elric Why can't you here.
1: bring a championship to Michigan? I believe all your magic time. down there.
3: It's not my magic. I don't have any magic. Mark's the one that has the magic. You think you have magic, well, I have but no. I realize I have none. Okay. What are we right. talking what, about? One last one Come last on, question from your get Adam, us back on track, Mark. From your Adam Fox
2: um, article, did you how much conversation did you have with the ex wife who wouldn't participate in the
1: article? Um, she just uh, corresponded with me and declined to to participate. I
3: guess that's what I'll say. Are you falling asleep? No, I'm, no, I I'm, I'm trying to be thoughtful. I'm,
1: I'm trying to protect my. That's not your role. I'm trying to no. I'm trying to protect my conversations with someone that are confidential at their request. I will okay. just. I just will tell you that that so little was exchanged. I hesitate to call it a conversation, but um, but uh, but I will say, if you read that story, you'll see in the public record that she had very few kind things to say about him in court. But when I found her and contacted her, I would say she was gracious only because she didn't heap a lot more abuse on him when it, it seems that he was perhaps less than an ideal spouse. Okay. And you found the text messages too, though. Uh, text messages. And I just have a way of coming together.
3: <laughs> really? it's, just, it's like a homing. It's thing. like really? quasi Kwame yeah. reference. Yeah. yeah, Yeah. Where's the bell? I didn't have it
2: loaded. But I, I don't know. I thought it was a good article. It was interesting. I, too. I, I, it was I like well the, done. I like the fact that he was humanized because I feel like a lot of people feel the way he feels about certain things. But there's just a little more to him that made him take, you know, allegedly the extra step to want to kidnap the govern, governor.
1: Yeah. Well, he was frustrated by the lockdown, as I think we all are. In fact, when we sat down here, I got a, a text from somebody saying, are we back on the ice? I'm like, well, maybe in February. I don't know what to tell you, man. But I think one yeah, of that's I, that, I, I, that's I, an interesting I, question for him though. How did the lockdown affect him? Well, uh, well, I mean, we can't skate. Oh, you mean Adam Fox? Yeah, Adam Fox. Well, I well, understand. I, I, no, like, but but I think what you're getting to here. I thoroughly
2: understand why you would be very upset with the confusion. Mean, uh, there's a lot of reasons I could see why you would be upset with the lockdown. There's things I'm upset about with the lockdown. However, for Adam Fox and what he was up to and doing, it's like I wondered how that really affected him.
1: Yeah. No. Unless
2: I, he's I, co-opting.
1: I I think you're getting to a fundamental truth here, which is there are a lot of people who have the same feelings, but if you are perhaps a broken or damaged person, you take those feelings to an extreme. And I think when you look at a lot of the people who were involved in that that debacle in the Capitol and have been involved in some of these other uh, uh, insurrectionist things, you find people who are upset, but they tend to have a a river of, of unhappiness running through their life that... Somehow, they draw upon. They take their internal anger and and disappointment, and they direct it at something else. It's not that I had a rough life. It's that the governor sucks. You know, it's yeah. not that uh, it's not that I want to uh, get my pool cleaning business back up and running. It's that someone tried to steal the election, and so what they're looking for is some outlet, some some focal point to direct that anger and. Why can't they ever just say, you know, I'm so angry, I'm going to cut all the lawns in this abandoned neighborhood. I mean, when I used to get pissed off at the free press or my bosses, I would go out and sign people up for the union because we were an open shop. And I figured the best way for me to take this negativity and this this energy is to go do something and positive that council. would also stick it up the boss's ass if if necessary.
3: That's what you do, right? What's that? You get angry at the free press and you run for city council. By the way, can I ask you a that's right can I ask you a question a writing question when you wrote this story did you sit down and write a list of words you wanted to use first like strident vagabond surreptitious you never I mean, heard did, these words did you, before did you I'm just curious if you did <laughs> you write the you. words down and say okay I want to use this word and then work it in I'm just curious how that process works
1: the way the process works I take all my notes and I organize them and I start writing and I put on my headset and I listen to a this for this particular story, I listened to Roik Sop over and over again for many, many hours. Okay, as my final time card will attest. Okay, uh,
2: another issue, and, and this involves the free press and media and coverage, is what happened with Marlo Alter. Who, who is Marlo? And Sean, you still work at the free press, ML, you're done. Who is Marlo exactly? Like, what's his position? He's there? an
3: assistant sports editor,
2: assistant sports editor. Well, he, he wrote an article. Um, I guess it was the online article bringing up Dan Campbell, the
3: presumptive new head coach of the Detroit Lions. He was the front runner at the time. He's right.
2: the front runner. He's going to be the head coach, right? I mean, more than likely. Yeah. Uh, and so the article is basically about, hey, he said in nineteen—I don't even know when he said early '90s when he played at a and uh, during that big bonfire and rally that they had. That he's
3: proud to be from a school where men love women and women love men. It was a, the rivalry game with the University of Texas. Texas. And, and Texas, so is, it, for folks that don't know, UT's in Austin. It's a very progressive sort of little island in a conservative state. And so College Station, where A&M is, is conservative, so he was kind of having fun with that. And Campbell
2: uh, apologized in 1998, said it wasn't the best thing to say. Well, Marlowe— It was a
3: story, by the way, right? The, it was a story. The newspapers down there at the time wrote, wrote about
2: it. Yeah, and he apologized, but Marlowe digs this back up again— um, And, posted, and unfortunately, he had some very unfortunate tweets, so people love pointing out hypocrisy of the media. And I was just curious as to what you guys thought about, because this has happened before. There's a real famous situation where a journalist dug up some stuff. A guy tweeted about a guy who had a sign asking for beer money on Venmo. He got a ton of money and donated it to a children's hospital. And they dug up his bad tweets from the past, which were quotes from the Tosh show. And what do you know? The reporter... Also had bad tweets, and that guy got fired. And I guess my question is, how newsworthy in your guys's mind is it to dig up old tweets from when a person was a teenage kid,
3: or old? In Dan Campbell's case, um, a, a college student a, a co- Yeah, he was comment. a college student. Made a comment. Yeah, I'm curious, what, Mike. Just, what, do you, what do you think?
1: Just to be clear, I don't think Marlow was trolling through his social media. I think this was something that was published at the time. This was, it was. You're like, right. So, so, I, so i want to do this in two stages first of all the last coach that the lions had the media uh, uh didn't do as good a jet rob snell did and, and the then, lions and then my yeah. wife Teresa Baldus did a good job of finally going through well i think the lions knew about it and then bob quinn just buried it because he's a son of a gun but but um really oh yeah i i think i think other nfl teams knew about about Matt I Patricia's uh, uh, stuff, yeah I, think rape, yeah. I think people said why that's why the Jets or the Giants may have passed on him when he okay. was considered a front runner there. But so it, the last bum coach we had, uh, the media found some things in his background that raised some some real character issues. And and I'll just tell you this about Matt Patricia. I think the great disgrace of, of Detroit Lions fans is the only time they had real issues with Matt Patricia was not whether there were questions as to whether or not he was involved in a sexual assault. They were concerned about him when he couldn't win a damn football team. To me, I'd be more concerned that I might have a rapist for a coach than I would that I had a coach who couldn't win a damn game. Sure, but, but that's, that's, that's hypocrisy that
2: See of sports that's baked in. Okay. It's wins well, and losses. Yeah, That's what I don't like.
1: But so, so now to, to this particular situation, I think Marlo was doing his job. He was going through the clips. He was going to see what's been written about Dan Campbell and 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 when you find things that are somewhat controversial, you put them out there. I I I believe I read that first story that Marlo wrote and it also mentioned other things about Dan Campbell that were just sort of more biographical. But I think it's it's very fair to point out that somebody said comments like that, which I think were offensive then and are offensive now, but he also quite responsibly included Dan Campbell's apology and efforts to make good with that. I thought Marlowe's article was, uh, was fair and appropriate and on point. Now, these days, the problem is the hunter becomes the hunted, and I wouldn't call Marlowe a hunter. I think he was just doing his job, but then somebody fly-specked all his social media, and uh, he had some stuff up there when he was in college. That I'm sure he regrets, and as I understand it, he's apologized for. But um uh, stridently, some vagabond comments, perhaps ill-advised I'm I'm really but,
2: surprised, uh, though, that they were still up there in public for Marlo. I mean, uh, why would wouldn't everybody go back on their old
3: tweets? At this point, well, I think that's the lesson in all this, right? I mean, well, we've been through this before. Do you, have you talked to you? How old are your kids? Like, my kids, yeah, uh, six and two and a half. Okay, so that's not. What about you? Did you have this conversation with your your girls in high school? I mean, I I certainly did with my sons. Harped the whole time. Be careful what you say on social media. There's this. It's a record. You, people can screenshot. It doesn't just mm-hmm. disappear, right? You're going to be interviewing one day, somewhere. Yeah. right you're going to have to sort of talk about who you are. And maybe most companies aren't going to go back and look, but some do. You know, the, I'm not sure the free press does. Obviously, I don't know that we have the resources, but um, and and most companies probably don't, but some do.
1: Well, this this kind of comes back to cancel culture too. I mean, even if the free press had had screened those things, you know, to me it, it feels like you need to talk to somebody and say, "What's this all about? Is this who you are?" Why, are, and you give them a chance to. Uh, to uh, explain it, but I mean, I, I keep coming back to what what o- President Obama said when he was no longer president, which is, if all we're doing is looking for something that somebody's done that's that's been a mistake, and then we machine gun them, we're not going to have anybody left. So I mean, I agree. I mean, Dan Campbell, you know, the other thing is, so, so I know I've heard Drew talk about this a lot, and I know Drew uh, Drew holds the media in slightly different regard than I do, but. Um, but I think there's a difference between someone who's a public figure having some problems and, and a little old reporter who, you know, is kind of invisible. I mean, I actually my desk is next to Marlow's. I think I met him once before we shut down, and
3: yeah, we he's all got sent a, home. I mean, he's not a reporter, right? He's a he's an editor. I, I who occasionally tell you, I, does. I, mean, uh, I
1: read his bylines in the in the Free Press, but I I don't know the man well enough to to say exactly what his role is, but. But Mar- Marlo Alter is not expected to be a pillar of the community. He's not expected to be an example to men and boys and women and and girls and to but set a But society thinks
3: that, though, right, Mike? I mean, you may say that. But I think society, a lot of folks have a different idea about that.
1: I, I don't think about, society about, looks to, to reporters That's why examples. there's
3: so much glee, though, when we do. When, I think when they our, just hate us. When this You're happens right. in our business, there's so much glee yeah. because of the hypocrisy, because they do look to us because they do think we present ourselves that way. Yeah. Um, and Marlowe's tweets were done when you said when he was
2: in college. That's how long ago. I, and I, I don't want I, him to get fired or anything. It's just I, I mean I think h- so. how are you not aware of this when you're been I think so, but
3: the larger issue, but get back to sorry, get back sure. to your point, Mike, with Obama and what he said. Um, I mean, can can we agree a little bit that we have to let people breathe and make mistakes and give them room to find their way through that? I mean, I guess it depends on the mistake, right? If we're talking about something really really awful like murder, well, then yeah, then their are consequences. I mean, right, are, exactly. Are people but,
1: calling for Marlowe's job?
3: I don't know. No, because well, maybe, cause Marlo's, maybe it Marlo's
1: story but, didn't call for Dan Campbell's job. Sure, but he the, just said this is an incident that happened, and it's part of of his of his journey. But I all
2: mean, too often, we we do see that when the, you know there's the past people week, do lose their jobs, and yeah. it did happen to the reporter from Iowa. Yes, he did lose his job, which is unfortunate. And you know, I didn't want that guy to lose his job either. But why why was it necessary for him to point out, you know, a guy who's raising money for a charity, his old tweets? When you know teenagers say some
3: stupid stuff, yeah. And what's the what's the? I mean, if he were thirty when he was saying it, right? Yeah. It's, if Dan <laughs> Campbell had s- had said what different. he, I tell you what, if Dan Campbell said oh. this when he was a tight end at Texas A and M, he's probably twenty, twenty one, twenty two, maybe. If he were thirty and an assistant okay. coach somewhere and had said that, and that came out, what I do, think that that would that would probably cost him his job right now.
2: What do you always learn about free speech, time, place, and manner, right? I mean, it it all that matters, which is a problem with Twitter. Absolutely, there's, there's no context. There's no. There really is no time, place, or manner with with uh, Twitter, and those comments. But I don't know. I, I just I thought maybe the story was. You guys feel differently. Maybe you shouldn't have done the story,
1: but you know it is what it is now. And but what was wrong with Marlowe's story? He merely mentioned an incident that happened with this guy in college, and and he mentioned that the guy apologized for, it and he moved on. I mean, isn't that isn't okay? Maybe, that-
3: maybe it's the headline because the story. Oh, makes
1: another it. free press. Head- okay, <laughs> no, I don't actually. Di- <laughs> no,
3: I'm with you, brother, Mark. Let's I don't get disagree with you on that point. I, I mean, you could make an argument. Just and I don't want to get too far into. It wasn't a overall. Inside-
2: it wasn't an overall biography on him. The headline, right?
3: If it were, and I was talking. To a friend of mine, uh, actually uh, uh, Graham Couch. I don't know if you guys know who he is. Yeah. A columnist up the line. Yeah, last yeah she told me he doesn't like you that much. <laughs> I didn't. I wasn't actually was talking to him. I was talking to a, a, another a mutual. Well, friend. So now you're
1: just name dropping Graham Couch. Uh, well, no,
3: because Graham made the point, and I, and I agree with this. this. He's a man of. Honor. I was told Graham made the point, and oh. and I want to give him credit. Right? Come on, I'm not like you. Sorry. In any Why case, don't you just get to the point. Yeah, I'm trying to. <laughs> I don't even know what the point is anymore. No, Graham made the point that if that had been buried in a profile, a longer story, so then it's not the headline. It's the headline that. Then the, you're like, okay, here's a part of his life where he he put his foot in his mouth a little bit, and he apologized and learned and whatever. It's a the, the context is different, the headline's different, and I don't disagree with you at all, Mark. Thank you,
2: Sean.
1: Golly, well, I'm an accountability <laughs> reporter, and I I do believe that what we do is uh, is subject to uh, public. Public scrutiny and opprobrium, if appropriate, but at the same time, I think that we also have to allow people to apologize for mistakes they made and give us the context, and I thought...
3: Oh, I thought that's I what thought, we just said, but that's okay.
1: Well, I, I said it in like 10 seconds. I, I didn't mention Graham Couch and that, you know...
3: No, uh, it wasn't that at all. It's just that you didn't say it, so you needed to say it.
1: By the way, how cool is it that a guy who covers Michigan State sports last name is Couch?
3: Yeah. Oh with the I mean, with the, yeah, right. I
1: mean, is his nickname in the locker room or in the press do you room? You have
3: burning? and you're and all your little fiefdom, your property fiefdoms up there, do you offer places to burn couches? <laughs> like uh, like safe places. That would be a good selling Because arrest. there are lots of safe places in universities these days, and right?
1: We have a fire pit in front of one of our houses, but there is nothing It's called uh, the street. Nothing flammable nearby.
3: Really? So you don't say, Hey, come burn your you know. Couch.
1: You know, they burned couches in Ann Arbor. Nobody talks about
3: it. all the people oh, who burned the them were all. Of alone. The the earth.
0: What a dork. Does him wanting to play with us again mean that he's turning into a geek or we're turning into cool guys?
1: So, before we get to Geek of the Week, I want to try and uplift my neighbors, my community. And one way I do that is by lifting up. A can of Altus. I want to talk to you about this original Detroit lager that has made a comeback here in the greatest city in the world. Altus is the do-anything-anytime-with-anyone beer. I can't wait to bring some back to hockey. I can't, I I wouldn't mind bringing a, a bag of stinky laundry back to hockey. I just want to get back to playing hockey. But there's nothing better than hanging out with some friends with some nice cold Altus nearby. Fun fact. Yes. It only takes six Altus to make anyone attend. Maybe seven. Maybe seven in Ann Arbor. But we have a lot of things that started here in Detroit that went away, but Altus is back. It's a smooth lager that packs a punch. It's delicious. Go pick some cans up today. Hopefully we can get back to you in a bar or restaurant and have them pull you a pint of Altus. But go get some and enjoy. If you want to know where you can find it, go to altus.beer to find the location nearest you. I promise this beer is insanely good, and you will thank your old pal ML for the suggestion. Altus.beer, a Detroit original that will never let you down. Well, I'll tell you about somebody who let me down. And I, I meant to talk about this last year, but um, but so many crazy things happening at the end of the year. But my, my choice for Geek of the Week is the Literary Review. And oh. why the Literary Review? Well, because... In 2020, among the many disappointing things that happened in 2020, they canceled their Bad Sex in Fiction Awards. (laughs) This is a prize that was set up in 1993 by Oberon Waugh, which is – he's obviously got to be English with a name like that. Uh, perhaps his father was uh, a gentleman's gentleman, or a Batman, or a, a uh, he buttled for a living. At any rate, uh, it was created with the intention of gently dissuading authors and publishers from including unconvincing, perfunctory, embarrassing, or redundant passages of a sexual nature in otherwise sound literary novels. In 2019, the award was won by Didier Ducoin for the Office of Gardens and Ponds, which included the passage... Miyuki felt as though she was manipulating a small monkey that was curling up its paws. I have no idea what she's referring to I can't
2: imagine why they got rid of this.
1: And I don't want to know about that.
3: You mean the segment?
1: John Harvey. Oh, wait. wait. Did you want to nominate yourself again? Because we're not going to do that. Uh, John Harvey uh, was uh, a co-winner for PAX, in which the characters embraced as if with. Violent as embraced. It's so bad. I can't read it. Let me try it again. <laughs> embraced as if with violent holding, they could weld the two of them one. So clearly a, a most uh, deserving, deserving um, recipient. So raise the judges said they, they decided to suspend the award because they felt the public has been subjected to too many bad things in 2020 to justify exposing them to bad sex as well. Fair. and uh yeah and it's fair and here's the tie-in to uh
3: oh to, there's a tie-in okay. to uh
1: to this show and our our appreciation for new wave music Morrissey won oh. the award for his novel list of the lost and it's reference to the pained frenzy of a bulbous salutation and of course Morrissey being Morrissey when he was informed that he had won the award he said it was best to maintain a different stance I uh, know, best to maintain a different distance from the award because there are too many good things in life to let these repulsive horrors pull you down. Well, I don't mind a repulsive horror here and there and I certainly think there's something to be said for people identifying bad literature. So literary review for 2020 you are my Geek of the
4: Week <laughs> Your kids are soft I don't care for that guy Me
0: neither, too no. soft Shut to the heart And you're too late, darling You
4: Jokes A bad
0: name
2: Matt, do you like your new intro? I love it Before we get to you, I do have to tell you about uh, Hall Financial. Huge supporter of all the shows on the Red Shovel Network. And of course, this one at yeah. El Detroit. Uh, they give
1: refinancing a good name. <laughs> they very much. Right. Uh,
2: rates are currently in the twos. So you got to call today. Find out how much uh, refinancing could save you every month. Just click on rates the link. Rates
1: in the twos and halls too. Get the credits. Okay, we'll gotta, work, gotta work that
2: on one. that one, yeah. No, stick uh, with trial. Uh, No, <laughs> There's a link on our website to get you started or call 248.
1: That's how I got Im- unemployed the last time.
2: What, by ta- by uh, talking over Triumph. The m- a oh, sponsor's uh, phone number? Oh, no. David Hall's the best. The, the call-out, by talking over the call-out of what people should do? The call to action? Please, please continue. 248-308-5000. That's 248-308-5000. Make sure you tell them ML sent you. NMLS number 1467. Four, three, five. Once again, that link's right on the website. And with all that money you save, you to another uh, good sponsor, and that's Luke Nowacki.
1: Oh, at, Luke. At Pinnacle Wealth, whose read I can't find right now. You know, Luke is the guy that you want because people freak out. You know, like Everybody wants to get in the market now because it's going up so fast, and then it starts to go down, and they all bail out. Luke is the steady hand who says, hey, 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 take See? it easy, little fella. See, who, who needs take a real fella? <laughs> yeah.
2: He'll, uh, he'll give you advice. He'll give you a strategy. Whatever you need. Luke Nowacki at Pinnacle Wealth, 248-663-4748. Uh, and here's the disclaimer. Securities and investment advisory services offered through Royal Alliance
3: Associates, Inc. Member FINRA/SIPC. Royal Alliance Associates, Inc. is separately owned and other entities and
0: or marketing names. Products and services referenced here are independent of Royal Alliance Associates, Inc.
1: He'll make it all about you, sweetheart. Oh,
2: balls. He will.
1: Why don't you, hey, you should just handle that? No. So, Luke Nowacki built on a relationship of trust and I I have heard uh, Drew who has all the money rave about uh, <laughs>
4: about what?
1: about Luke's uh, financial stewardship of his vast fortune. So, Luke oh, no, I trust him. Yeah. So you can you can get to Luke's website from our website which is mlsoulofdetroit.com. So uh, we have a new intro for Matt. We um, Morrissey loved Oscar Wilde, who said famously, talent borrows genius steals. We stole that great intro from Dr. Saeed Khan, who mentioned it last week when Matt was on. And um, it was it was, it was genius. I
2: don't know if that's lowering the bar for Matt's jokes, or is it raising the bar? Because there's not much shame there, right?
1: Yeah, I'm not sure. But that's all the time we have for Soft History this week. Uh, Matt. Yeah, I was uh, going to
4: say, there's, <laughs> there's not much more you can do to make it better. Yeah, try and keep worse. it out of the
1: ditch. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, no, I'm not in a ditch. I'm good. Fire away. That's what and, we say to people who drive commercially, but I guess you've never.
2: Oh, okay. And make sure your mic no, doesn't we'll rub up against your clothes. It's a big pet peeve of oh, uh, yeah.
4: mine. Oh. Is it doing anything? that now? doesn't
1: mean you should do this segment naked. <laughs> <laughs> just so we're clear, he is not saying disrobe. <laughs> well, no, he's right. He's
4: no, right no, no. Let's just make uh, sure we
2: understand ago. that. Look, I'm very, I don't know, I'm very anal about audio in that.
4: Right, but but you're right, because two weeks ago, I was wearing a, a pullover, and the zipper was running against there, and I didn't notice it until after the recording, and it sounded like absolute dog shit, so I understand. <laughs> okay. That, well, wasn't uh, even, that wasn't even a joke. What do you guys no, doing? No, I know.
1: Believe me, you should be able to step over this bar without even bending mm. knee. So
4: okay. take it away, Professor um, Jennings. All right, here we go. Prior to 1943, sliced bread used to be sold wrapped in paper. But to preserve that resource, the FDA banned sliced bread, forcing bakers to sell the loaves whole. Now, the conservation of that precious resource actually helped win the war, making it the best idea since. Ladies?
2: I I don't want to say it. It's only gentlemen here. Because I'm sure the punchline is
4: different. Well, let me take a guess. Sliced bread. No, the atom bomb, silly. Geez.
1: Because they needed they needed paper for the war effort. That was,
4: that's that was, right.
1: That's why they saved the paper.
4: And nylon. Sean's not amused. And Sean needs a diaper because he always has to use the bathroom during my segment.
1: They call Sean Ron Mexico.
4: I don't have to. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay. Well, fair enough. At least you're being honest. In 1990, Washington, D.C. Mayor Marion Barry Was filmed by the FBI smoking crack. Uh, That's right. The bitch set him up. Was that that
2: was his big quote? Did I ruin your punchline?
4: Oh my god, I hate it when I use this damn Zoom. What did you say, Mark? I just wondered if
2: I ruined your punchline because that was the famous quote, right? Marion Barry said the bitch set him up,
4: like it was her fault. Yep. Yeah, he did say that. He was he was pretty upset. Probably was high too, so you can't really blame him. Of course he was. That's why he was there. He gives he he gives municipal politics a bad name. (laughs)
3: And by the way, sometimes I do have to, but go
4: ahead. <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> hey, Marion Barry was filmed by the FBI smoking crack in a hotel room during a sting operation. Marion was immediately arrested and charged. And later, prosecution cut him a deal to only serve six months in prison, which was unfortunate for Barry because he thought the deal was going to be cut with caffeine and baking soda.
2: That was good. That was a good one. Sean, head and oh. hands.
3: No, 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 no. I'm sorry. I wasn't listening god damn him
4: all right and no, finally that was, that, I, that was a good one more, that was a good one, I, one
3: no no that was a good one Matt. yeah good job bud
4: all right thanks peanut i'm just curious though yes you're just why do you
3: um <laughs> the idea how you read these jokes you sound like an anchor is that does is that by design
4: I don't know. I just don't like my voice, and I don't know how to talk. and I Or, or, a lot or maybe I'm the
3: announcer of the like price myself. is right.
4: No, I think you're
2: fine.
1: The only thing Matt has in common with a, an anchor is he's sinking fast. <laughs>
4: <laughs> okay, well, then let me finish well, up. The,
2: the two best jokes, one from him, one from Sean. The,
4: the race to the bottom begins uh, now. Go! Okay. In 2002, President George W. Bush was in the White House watching a football game when he passed out while choking on a pretzel. Mm-hmm. Doctors asked Mr. President, What the heck made you choke on a pretzel and pass out? The most powerful man in the world replied, The lions won. They were, were victory.
2: I'm just moving on. Poor man.
0: Here you get. That was
1: bad. The lions are not good. I, I think we are bound by the journalistic code of ethics to point out that I don't think the Lions did win that year, right? When was the last well, time they won a playoff game?
3: 1991. Yeah. 1991.
1: Okay.
3: I can't believe I know that, but C- certainly not let this late in the calendar. Yeah. Okay. What song you got for us, Mikey? Baby. It's, it's,
1: it's very easy. Uh, to uh, to win a bar bet on when was how many playoff games have the Lions won since nineteen. Right. This doesn't
3: sound like an intro for the, the segment here. <laughs> Keep it moving.
1: Todd says, love the show on the Red Shovel Network. I haven't heard you mention a favorite of mine, Gang of Four, and their song Damaged Goods. Well, Todd, that all changes today.
2: Still got 10 seconds to walk it up.
1: A great band that blends punk, rock, funk, and politics create a unique sound loved your reference to haircut 100 a couple weeks ago I was fortunate to see their only Detroit show oh you
2: stepped on it
1: here's something you're not going to hear me say very often. Sean is cooler than me because Ooh. I I knew the Gang of Four when I started reading about them. I was like, okay, now I you know them. But when I sat down today and said, Sean, we're doing Gang of Four, it's like, uh, didn't they do that one thing? And they had sort of a disco air, and I really liked the way they had that jangly guitar. And, it, and it's like, yeah.
3: I don't remember saying all that, but that song right there was tight and energetic. <laughs> I know, because that was kind of interesting. Tight and energetic. Yeah, no. Like Ga- you used to be.
1: Gang of Four... <laughs> still tight uh with a buck uh gang of four (laughs) was a very cool sort of post-punk band who was very political uh they had um some very interesting uh sound they they had some funk they had one of my favorite things they had a female bassist for quite a while a woman named sarah lee who was discovered by robert fripp of king crimson who i believe drew and mike were talking about Mm -hmm. the other day and uh they they did a lot of um a very sort of avant-garde stuff. Like as I was talking over the beginning of their song, they had a song where in one channel they played the melody and in the other channel, one of the guys in the band was reading some of the technical specs from the recording studio. So, I mean, they did some really out there stuff, but they also evolved. And as Sean and I were talking about a moment ago, they had more of a disco-y sort of poppy era because they changed, they changed lead uh, singers uh, throughout their throughout their uh their their history and they they still are kind of going uh but without without their um their first lead singer john king who was a really really uh distinctive type of dude um todd suggested them saying that uh that he uh he loved he loved their their album entertainment which is has one of the Greatest album covers you will ever see. And having said that, I've misplaced it.
2: Oh, but- I got it it's over here. Oh,
1: you have it. Okay, yeah, let me stay for a second. We'll we'll put an image of it up on our website. But it's it's got a triptych on it, and the the begin the first one is a shot of an Indian, a Native American, and it looks like Daniel Boone shaking hands. It says the Indian smiles. He thinks the cowboy is his friend. Then it gets to be a tighter shot. Shot, and it says the cowboy smiles. He is glad the Indian is fooled. And then there's a real tight shot that says, now he can exploit him. So, I mean, these guys in the 70s were very, very political, very thoughtful. Now, I guarantee, even if you know nothing about new wave music, if you are a fan of pop culture, you have heard their song. And do you guys know where you've heard their song? Which one? This one? No, no. You've heard a song um, by uh, Desire is a song uh, by Gang of Four. You've heard this before. Really? Um, God, I have no idea. It was the song that was playing on the Walkman while Johnny was in the bathroom rolling a joint in the Karate Kid. Oh, really? Ralph Macchio was listening to this before he got sprayed with the water hose. The other song (laughs) that you probably know is I Love a Man in Uniform, which was uh, more of a poppy song. It it got more radio airplay, and it has one of the great, Great lines in music. To have ambitions was my ambition, which I just think is it's just really cool. Um, some of the uh, folks that John King, the original lead singer, went to school with include uh, a guy named Paul Greengrass, who you may have been hearing about because Paul Greengrass is the director of News of the World, the new Tom Hanks. Um, oh yeah, he made United ninety two.
3: Mm-hmm. He made a couple of the Born movies.
1: Yeah, I mean, and he's he's a former journalist who has an eclectic portfolio in terms of his films because he's done action movies, he's done documentaries, he's done really thoughtful things, and now he's doing you know about as mainstream of features you can possibly have a bestseller starring Tom Hanks. But these guys, the more I started to read about them, and I, I really appreciate Todd suggesting this, and we want your suggestions for. Features on Room 7609. Send those to detroit at gmail.com because the more I started to read about Gang of Four, the more I just liked them. I mean, some of their music is not so accessible because it is very edgy, but it's one of these bands, like a lot of these great bands, where the family tree is awesome. Sarah Lee, we talked about her. She's the bass player. She later played with with David Bowie. She played with the B-52s, the Thompson Twins, um, John King, as we said, went to went to uh, college with um, with Paul Greengrass, and this is one of the things I didn't really understand about them: how well regarded they are. Their debut album was ranked as the fifth greatest punk album of all time, and the four hundred eighty third best album in Rolling Stone's five hundred greatest albums of all time. I have a question: which is pretty damn good and i was wondering why didn't i know more about these guys yeah
3: with you not at the free press anymore are you going to keep using all this extra free time to write novella length intros (laughs) to to this segment
1: i was was, if you i'm just curious if you review the tape you'll 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 notice that mark said my intro was short and encouraged me to continue
3: i'm sorry i meant whatever this is i I misspoke it's not an intro whatever this is
1: uh this is called an education
3: you're gonna get kicked out of
1: Room seven six zero nine. I right. love the song. Start, I like. The if you music. don't start behaving, I'm sorry. See, this is what happens to I'm guys sorry. who are See, educated <laughs> in Alabama. Once the national championships over, they don't want to learn anymore. <laughs> <laughs> they just want to get in the draft. I just, I, you know, a lot. He's of getting these... ready
2: for the combine, folks. At my age, uh, half of ninety, I just don't know a lot of these bands. You know, I don't know.
1: But you, know, you do know them in a way because oh, they, they all as go the Bible off and do says, you things. will know them by their fruit. R.E.M. cites, uh, Michael Stipe cites Gang of Four as one of his chief influences. Flea of the Red Hot Chili Peppers says they're the single most important influence on the Chili Peppers' early music.
2: He, he and uh, Andy uh, Gill produced that first, I think it was their first album, the Chili Peppers' first album. First yes, big album.
1: and he is the uh, guitar player who just died uh, in February of 2020. But Kurt Cobain said Nirvana started as a Gang of Four and Scratch Acid ripoff.
3: Scratch Acid, you see them in Austin.
1: I've never heard of them. See, Sean's cool. Where did this come from?
3: <laughs> he his not Sean's his other
1: thing
2: is he like scratch and sniff. I feel like that's the most underrated aspect of Sean Windsor is your pop culture knowledge is huge. That's not really. Yeah, it is.
3: My breasts are huge, but my pop <laughs> color, my, uh, music, my chins are. You know,
2: give yourself some credit, especially enormous.
3: with movies, film, and TV. I mean, Mike used to see me. 10, yeah, while I'm driving, when, say, while I'm
1: crisscrossing the st- the the state in the pursuit of justice, Sean's <laughs> Sean's watching HBO Max.
3: Well, a couple live thoughts. action Mulan. A couple <laughs> thoughts here. He, Sorry, uh, I just
1: care about the truth.
3: Yeah, couple thoughts. He used to say "gobble gobble" to me because of my neck when he'd seen me 15 <laughs> years ago. And I love how when I just make a little comment at the beginning of the show, then. It leaks. It keeps leaking out sideways from him. That uh, that means you know it worked. I know, I know. But here's my other question: Has he mentioned uh, Kilpatrick Moore or Morrissey Moore? I used to think it was that's Kilpatrick. A, that's a, yeah, that's a. There's a great Twitter Bo- poll. Both currently yeah. uh, Can we make it. a Twitter poll on that? Um, uh,
1: note to self: Never praise Sean again.
3: I didn't think you were praising me, but thank you,
1: Eltis, It takes twelve you. to make Sean a ten.
3: <laughs> I'm very fond of you.
1: No. 12 cases. That's 144 beer, folks. Okay. By the we, way, since... Are we since, up here? No, since I was the guest on today's show, kind of, um, can we what do, do the Altis Sounder? Do we have a new Altus oh, this Sounder? Oh, is this just your way of uh, getting more beer? Well, it's, yeah. you know, it's, there's nothing wrong with that. Just
3: be careful when you.
1: There's no shame in getting more beer.
3: Drive halfway around the world to your home.
1: By the way, this week we're going to put a Twitter poll up, uh, so watch for it on at Elric on Twitter. And if... Facebook gets off my back. ML, no periods. Elric on Facebook. We want to get your thoughts on whether you'd rather hear more of us yammering or whether you would like more guests because there's some internal debates in our uh, high level management meetings on whether or not uh, <laughs> the problem with this show is us or them. That's so me. We're going to let you weigh in on it.
2: Uh, All guests appearing on ML Sola Detroit receive a 12 pack of Altus
3: Lager. Oh, he loved beer.
2: No Brett Kavanaugh. Okay. No, I haven't gotten to it yet. I had enough other things to do. Okay, okay.
3: maybe the problem's Mark then. These
1: high level management meetings are—they're not as effective as I'd hoped. And I still <laughs> owe a twelve pack of beer to Santa Claus, but I'll tell you, I'm going to bring it to him because he lives in my district. Oh, he does. He lives in District Four, so I'm gonna—I'm gonna catch up with him and uh,
2: crazy Santa
1: and give him some beer and and say uh, thanks for coming on the show and. And if uh, you and Mrs. Claus wouldn't mind supporting the old candidacy, uh, we'd appreciate it. But that's, those two are not those two are not linked together because he's getting the beer no matter what. Um, let's see. Uh, we have uh, lots of ways for you to support the show besides respond to our Twitter poll. No donations over the past week. No oh donations. no, people are speaking with their wallets, uh, Mark. But those who are uh, forgiving and gracious, how do they give us their money?
2: Uh ML little donate button. It'll take you to your PayPal. And then That's you can right. give generously.
1: And please do not confuse that button with the uh, – I think somewhere on there we have a tab if you want to contribute to my campaign. ML oh. for Detroit is a way to contribute to my city council campaign. As you may know, I'm running for Detroit City Council in District 4. We'll be talking about that more, I'm sure, uh, ad nauseum. But uh, but if you want to support the show, just hit that button at the top of the page, and that will be shared with our uh, my partners and their pharmacists. Um <laughs> And if you want to really support the show, make sure that you let our sponsors know that you found out about them from ML Soul of Detroit. You can also get something for your money. You can purchase our hoodies, long sleeve t-shirts, and beanies. Uh, They'll keep you warm and fashionable. We also have good deals on masks and gaiters to keep you safe. Keychains, t-shirts, hockey jerseys, stickers, signed Kwame Sutra's. And even neon clocks. Uh, And I also should say, somebody reached out to me on Facebook and said they really wanted to get one of those flags that I had hanging in the background when we were working remotely. So I ordered one of those flags, but I cannot find who it was who wanted the damn flag. So if you're the flag guy who wanted for your man cave, send us a note at mlsoulofdetroit at gmail.com or give us a call at 313-288-9070. That's Butterfield eight. nine zero seven zero. Of course, we appreciate if you subscribe to the show, that way you don't have to wait for Mark Zuckerberg to let you know whether it's okay (laughs) to check it out, share the show. uh, And not so easy on Facebook, but certainly easy on Twitter, rate the show. And if, if we could just kindly ask you to, to love the show, Uh, Betty Draper writes, dear ML. And Teresa for standing by. Thank you for being a good citizen and willing to take on this nonsense position with such a history of petty grift and scandal. I assume she's meaning city council. I have no idea why you are so self-destructive. The council will obviously benefit from your leadership role. I have followed your work and that of Teresa and Jim for years. You're all amazing. And I hope to one day see your experiences in the Kilpatrick era, truly documented for all of us. I believe she's referring to my wife, Teresa Baldus and Jim Schaefer who, um, Used to work at the free press, but now he's just a boss, uh, Laura and David opine, dear Mike, lovely to hear you're running for city council question short of sort of dovetailing on blight, which just netted the $250 million bond. What is with all the litter, garbage, and trash everywhere in Detroit? And how come no city leaders aggressively address this right? When you hit city proper limits coming from Woodward lodge, 75 or 94, there's an overwhelming amount of litter, trash and roadside debris. Um, Uh, Laura writes from Birmingham, which I think explains why she starts off by saying lovely to hear, but uh, I will tell you the city of Detroit is not responsible for that trash on the uh, surface drives and on the highways. That's the state of Michigan. But one of the cool things is I don't give anybody money, but I keep food in the car for people I see at exit ramps and who just have their hand out. The city, as I understand, has been providing these folks with garbage bags and certainly at, at, at Kadju and Harper, those corners are pretty clean. And the reason why is because at the same time, the panhandlers are working those corners for tips and for food and whatever. They are picking up the garbage and they're putting it in these bags, which are then collected by the city of Detroit. You'll also see that down by Connor and Chalmers and Harper. And it's, it's kind of cool. Even if you're downtown in Corktown, you will notice that these on-ramps and off ramps, there's not a lot of litter floating right around where the panhandlers are working because they have basically worked out what appears to be a sweat equity agreement with the city of Detroit, where if they keep their corner clean, nobody's going to hassle them. Hmm. So, uh, so, you know, Laura goes on to say, you know, do you as a city council candidate ponder any solutions? I would say this is one of those things. And I will also tell you that I'm a big believer in clean. And I, I believe that whether or not you have money, whether or not you have means, it doesn't cost anything to keep your property respectable. And so I and will certainly encourage everybody to do their part to keep our city clean. Anybody who's walked with me knows two things. One, I can't resist picking up loose change when I find it. And two, <laughs> it doesn't surprise anyone. I can't resist picking up trash when I see it. Uh, and I much prefer to pick up the change than the trash. Yeah. But, uh, but I do believe one of the best things Kwame Kilpatrick did as mayor was put garbage cans on street corners so that people who are similarly civic-minded – don't have to carry that trash with them very long or very far. So we we certainly want to make it easy for people to do the right thing if they are so kind as to vote for me and support my campaign. uh,
3: Did I wander into a different podcast all of a sudden? Is this a (laughs) campaign? Uh, You've been
1: wandering for a while, my son. (laughs) But I'm glad that you. I mean, that's route. nice.
3: That's nice stuff that you were talking about. I just was curious. I thought because I thought the our show was over. Your show, whatever our show. You know, <laughs> I. That you started a campaign rally, and I somehow missed the transition. I'm sorry.
1: This is a good place to stop. <laughs> <A> campaign rally. <laughs> y- you know why this is a good place to stop?
2: Uh, yeah. Why? And this shows, why
1: this shows this so- shows Sean's incredible timing because the next piece of correspondence we have is Dave from Dewitt says of our resident twit. <laughs> Gentlemen, I'm going to have to request even more bad guy Sean. It was great hearing him go off in response to the bullshit at the Capitol, refreshing and completely welcomed. So yeah, I guess we probably should have stopped a minute ago. However, his bad guy turn on the stabilizers hurt my feelings to the point that I've added Viking horns and face paint to my weekly <laughs> organic food order from Amazon. Love the podcast. Cheers, fellas.
3: Oh, and, oh and, thank you. Brother. And if
1: I may, if I may, if I may tax your patience for just a moment longer, Sean. <laughs> JD invades. Please tell Sean to retract his apologies for blowing up about the Capitol terrorist attack. I'm mad as hell like him, and he has no reason to feel bad for being pissed. Love the show, and thanks.
2: Yeah, we could've uh, done without uh, that uh, twaddle. Well, that did amaze me. Your apology after going off.
3: It was the it was the uh, language, maybe, or I don't know. I don't like to uh, lose you, my temper. Like not temper, but you fascinate me in that regard, regard. you know, you're allowed know. to be mad. Yeah, I try not to be. You're allowed to hate. I don't like to hate you. You
2: don't hate anything, really. You
1: get oh, mad, did you ever but...
3: get you, you got you get mad at your kids? Don't you instantly regret it?
1: Well, so now I guess we have time.
3: Okay, you know. Go ahead. Sorry. We're actually talking about something interesting. Please continue. Yes. Conti- no, of course. Please continue, I, Hamlet. I, I'm sorry. I, you I'm yeah. so, forgive me for not having fucking pom poms and uh, balloons. And-
1: Didn't you just say you don't <laughs> like to swear? Can we roll that back? Did anybody catch that? It's true. Is it
3: that just was, me. I don't. More I don't. media
2: hypocrisy.
3: Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Next What's uh, on your Twitter look, feed there, Bucko? Hey, <laughs> next week, I'll come festooned a word you would love <laughs> with uh, pins and baubles and little, seems little, little flags weird. that all say, you know, Elric. For counsel, I'll do all that.
1: (laughs) That seems a little grandiose for me, but you know what I mean. I
3: mean, it's not enough that I'm wearing your shirt. And so
2: far, early returns. uh, You mentioned Kwame more than, or Kilpatrick more than Morrissey, eighty-five to fifteen, according to Twitter.
3: Um,
1: um,
3: swallow your food. Come on. (laughs) Oh dear. Think of a retort.
1: No, no, no. I, I just. I I, don't
3: want you to choke while you're trying to be funny.
1: I was just waiting for the defibrillator to kick in for (laughs) Sean. (laughs) Okay. Any voicemails? No. No, okay, uh, Sean. Um, I hesitate to ask, but what, what are you working on? Where are you, where are you headed? <laughs> I'm
3: trying to get this are, are you show in. St- My st- work here is are trying you to get. You're crisscrossing
1: this- the state in the uh, search of exclusive um, interviews that help uh, bring more understanding to to matters of public import.
3: No, no. Okay, but if well, I did, I well, good there. I, <laughs> that's good. If I did, so I would make sure to brag about it.
1: <laughs> or, or, or perhaps
3: how much work I put into it, you know.
1: I think it's just I wouldn't say, here,
3: just read the story. This is interesting." I would make I would make the story of Adam Fox all about me, like you did. I think That's it, what I would do. I,
1: I think it would be very difficult for you to pick up one of your stories and say, "Hey, read this. This is interesting." There may be a truth in advertising <laughs> issue there uh, that okay. may that may preclude you. Okay, you win. So, uh, no, no. I I, I I will say one of the reasons why <laughs> see, I
3: see it's better when you don't come back. Just again. Concede. I mean, just <laughs> I mean, Move on.
1: One of the reasons I, I am a, a free press subscriber, and I encourage everyone to subscribe to the free press. Oh, it's so getting hot in here. People don't have to leave because of, of uh, any reasons um, is because it is festooned with Sean's, uh, Sean's lovely it's two program. Two festooned in <laughs> the last five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> and he's a poltroon, so there you go. But, uh, okay, um, it's time to get the hell out man. of here. Uh, the uh, Red Shovel Network is a fantastic place, and not just because Drew and Mike have let us borrow their Facebook feed today. Um, if you're listening to us, we know you listen to the whole show, and we really appreciate our audio listeners. Um, you know, if, if I could be so, uh, so uh, impudent to ask if you could listen to Charlie Duff's No BS News Hour or the No Filter Sports with Eli, Denny, and Bob, or of course, the Drew and Mike show that makes all this possible, we would be most grateful, and it would be an efficacious use of your spare time. Um, and now, to uh, to uh, to turn to a friend, uh, to turn to a just partner, do it, to turn to a man who always knows what to say at the right time. That would be Cyrus, who joins us at this uh, at this moment to take us out. Is that it? I think that's it.
0: Can you yes. dig that? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? <laughs> With his love of fought jokes. Ordinary men were better than smack. like. M.L. The warrior. M.L. In his love of Canadian metal. He lost every. burnt-out, desolate man, a man haunted by the demons in his past, a man who wandered out into the wasteland, and it was here, in this blighted place, that he learned to live again.